tip. Good afternoon. It is January 2nd, 2024. You're listening to A Little Column A, Little Column B, hosted by Will Lemos and co-hosted by Zach Fisher. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I started last week congratulating you on beating me in the Cozy Corner Fantasy Football League. And again, I'm going to open with a congratulations to you on winning the championship. How does it feel to get the trophy back at your place? You are the champion. The trophy is such a long-lost feature of this league. It was the only reason I cared at the beginning, because it was the only league that actually had a trophy. But it has been long forgotten, and I, I think it either needs some sort of revival or some sort of replacement, because I don't think it holds the stature it once did. So I'm, I guess, confused, because for one, I'm unaware of its current location, and that's already adding to the fact that I'm saying, I don't know if this is cared about as much. And I'm not sure if I should just start from scratch and make a new one, because this is my third championship I did win two leagues two out of four and I finished second in a third league and I placed third in another league as well so like that's a pretty successful year I placed in everything it were positive money in, in every league and that's all you could really ask for but I it's like none, none of it matters the second it ends it's like nothing from the past year is going to help you going forward so as much as it is a victory and a exhausting season that finally gets to end in victory it's uh it's on to the next season, and none of this matters Who anymore. Who are you? Who are, are you? Are you literally Nick Saban over here? Oh well, no. Now we're you know we're behind. You know I'm I'm way behind on prep for next year. It, you just won a couple of days ago. Live in the moment. At least you know, figure out some uh, some silly ways you're going to spend your winning. You said you're up in you know in all all the leagues. I mean that is really tough to do. The joy. I was nowhere near doing that well. You know even even just a couple leagues it, to be able to win two championships. That's an incredible year. The joy in winning is that the stress is gone every Sunday for a little bit. The Patriots suck. They're out. That's over. And that it is entirely Boston Celtics season. And that is the only priority I will have. But the stress of having four leagues and essentially making three championships and possibly losing all of them was a real reality of the weekend. And it, it's, it didn't go that way. But I'm just glad that, that I'm, I'm relieved that that just is over because I'd already kind of hyped it up and be like, and I was a favorite, I'd say, in just about all of them. So I actually kind of blew one of them, if we're, if we're really being honest here. I, I hadn't, the league I lost in the championship, I hadn't lost since week five. So this is a very new feeling, all right? This is a this is a 2024 feeling I have not had in, in quite some time. So that was a shock, but it's fine. It's over. None of it matters. I, I won the money and we're on to the next season. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, I you will say none of it matters. I think it does matter. And I think that, you are going to take things from this year into next year. I think it's more the negative things, but you have that running list of guys that are on your do not draft list that if you did not play this year, you would not have those guys on that for next year. So I do think that the years do roll over, whether it's positive or negative. It's the only list in my life that gets longer. It never gets shorter. It's, it's the only list. <laughs> they have to retire. <laughs> no, they stay on forever. All right, I, I'm I'm not even watching you in the broadcast after. Like you're just you're on a list, you're off. You're done. You're you're out. All right, and and this year's edition, I have no shame in saying that that Gabe Davis will never ever be remotely close to my fantasy team ever again. And I will never support the Atlanta Falcons for. I don't think I got one pick right out of all 17 games, and we got one more to go. And I and I can tell you right now, I'm not looking forward to it because. They have been my kryptonite for the entire season, and we will get to our picks in a little bit. We have a little bit more urgent college playoffs going on just last night, which a, a great games, great games. I will I'll give you that. They were they were solid games in Alabama, 
Alabama versus Michigan and Texas versus Washington. You know, when it's all said and done, I think we did get some decent teams here. I, I thought they looked rusty, though. Like, my, I don't know why this se- this game takes place so far after the season. I thought both teams looked like this was a preseason game and that they hadn't played in weeks. The reality is they hadn't. And the muff punts, the turnovers, the mistakes that you would never see a well-coached, well-schooled high school team make was happening to arguably the top four teams in the country regularly. There was a lot of mistakes last night. I don't I mean, really know the explanation a, behind there it. There was an interception on the first offensive play. I mean, it just happened the guy was out of bounds, but, I mean, that 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 start, it was not good. It was definitely sloppy football, uh, especially in, the, in that first game. It was really that fourth quarter really made things exciting. But I would definitely go on that there was more drama and excitement more than this was a we- these were well played football games. Well, why why are we pushing the game so far back? Because I thought it really damaged the product. And I, look, I'm not the biggest college football fan, so I can't really make the biggest deal out of all this because this is basically the way it's always been. But I, it did look like we we spend so much time trying to narrow this down into four teams, and then it's like we don't even care what four teams show up five weeks down the road. Like it's it's too far down the road, and I don't know how you fix it or what you do about it. And now that we're going to add even more teams, this is probably even farther down the road. I, I just, I thought, I thought it damaged the product. I, I don't know if there's an explanation you have of why it is played so far after, or if this is not, a, not really a concern of anyone. Like, am I the only one who cares about this? Uh, there's, there's actually a, a, a few, a few different reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is, is, you know, yesterday that, that first game was the Rose bowl. You played at the Rose bowl it was when this was invented was I think like 1902, you know, way back in the day, it was part of the Rose bowl parade and the, the Rose festival. And that was always held on new year's day. So it's just tradition that Rose bowl is on new year's day. So that, that continues uh, as well as the season pretty much ends right around Thanksgiving, like just after Thanksgiving normally is when the, the conference uh, championships are. Immediately after that, the next two weeks are finals for colleges. You know, you forget. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. These guys are in school. And so the, so the tradition of these are student athletes, despite, you know, what people may think <laughs> they've turned into at this point. So now you go those two weeks. Well, now you're mid to later December. Well, now you have Christmas in the way. And then it's only more recently with the influx of, of money. But it used to be, all right, well, we're going to be traveling. And these teams, you know, you're not necessarily tra- traveling to your region you know you're, you're going far away so just setting up the all right how are we going to get a whole football team like how are we going to fly so not as big of an issue now with private planes and you know like i said with, with all of the money but i think it just i think it's just it's one of those things that it just it fits with the with, with the narrative you know they come out it was sloppy it's oh you know look at look, look at the the, the rust but if they had played well, it's oh well. Look, they you know they had a month to prepare. They had, you know they're all getting healthy. So if you had some guys that were uh, you know banged up, now you know these guys are at least at full strength. They're as close to full strength as you can be. It's not like you played last week and you've been playing a full season. You got some downtime, but I think it. I, I don't think it necessarily had to do so much with hey these guys had over a month. They always have this long. The coaches Nick Saban's been in this position a lot. He knows, uh, similar, uh, you know, you hear from uh, Tom Brady, you know, after he did the first Super Bowl, he was lucky enough to be able to go back to subsequent and knowing that halftime is extra long. You have to do different things. I'm sure Saban knows you have to do different things than you would normally do 
if it was just one week or if you had a bye week during practice. But I think, yeah, I would just chalk this up more to these are college kids. We've been watching NFL. NFL is professional. <laughs> They're paid. They're the elite of the elite college ones. And so, you know, the the, the play was a little bit subpar, but I, I it did not take away from from my enjoyment of it. Well, they didn't really hold back on what they were giving us in this game. It was two major schools and I suppose a somewhat controversial team in Alabama getting in. Uh, we, can, we can actually talk about some of the games that took place before, a miserable day of bowl games uh, prior to the actual playoffs. Uh, was it uh, Florida State? Not – not uh, they really mailed, you, it, really mailed it in, huh? They After all the hoopla and the that? talk, I, what was there to see? The game was over the second I checked the score. It was like 45 to 7, like the whole game. So I didn't realize on, on Saturday that – what time that that game was going on but i was just you know messing around and then it was like oh yeah let, let me let me check let me check check the scores and i look and i saw it was afternoon i saw 42 to 3 and just said wow that is a rough one for florida state you know coming in it was hey if they win this they could have a legitimate argument that they're you know the national championship didn't lose and just boy did that get thrown back in their face then it would took me a second look to see that wasn't the final score that was the halftime score. The final score was 63-3. to And now the Florida State contingent is arguing, saying, oh, well, once we weren't in the, you know, the real playoffs, it was just a bowl game. We had a lot more people opt out. So, you know, it, it, this is totally different. Okay, if it was close and you took Georgia down to the wire, you can use that excuse. You get beat by 60 points. 60! No. No excuse. No excuse. So glad that uh, we didn't have them in the, the, the semifinals. We had two close games. One of them went into overtime. I saw a stat. It was something like in the first eight years that we did this, there were only three games within one score. And then like the past few years, it's been closer. We've had some real duds. So Washington looked like they were going to take it away. And then things got real hairy down the stretch. But both of those games, I was, I, I was locked in. It, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think it's only going to get better next year with the expansion where maybe in the earlier rounds, there are some blowouts, but the better teams, the teams that are playing better in December slash January, whenever they're going to be, I think we're going to have some really good games. I, I, I was, I was fine with it. It was all right. I, I think there's a little bit more controversy and drama of a game to actually talk about is the, the overtime game. And I suppose more specifically, the final play that Alabama wrote, uh, ran after what, 17 timeouts? I mean, that, that, that oh, man. was the longest gap ever. It was like, all right, so this is the last play of the game. Let's just put it on tomorrow because they're going to call timeout. They're going to go out and show their offense, and then the defense is going to call timeout, and then the defense went out and showed their defense, and then the offense called timeout. It was a yeah, I think really, it was three timeouts in a row. A really long delay of which I'm kind of been told that like, college football overtime is the greatest thing ever. It's quick. It's, like, immediate, and it, and it was. It was like Alabama got the ball – and they're already snapping the ball right after Michigan scored. And now we're at the goal line. We have all these crazy timeouts. It's fourth down. And I'm kind of thinking, like, this is going to be another trick play or just some sort of elaborate something because, like I said, the gamesmanship of the timeout game went back and forth. So I I was very underwhelmed when it ended up just being a quarterback draw, which I don't know if that was scripted. I don't know if that was a choice by the player. And I'm not going to fault really anyone. You know, you're you're out there and you, you see an opportunity on the defense to maybe get in, go for it. But I do feel like you are limiting 
your opportunities with a with a ballsy draw just like that. And I think that was a mistake. Do you do you wish they did something else? I mean, I'm not saying I wanted a fade route, but maybe a play action where he rolls out to the side or something where you just get just get some movement. Not just like a like maybe they maybe they won't be looking kind of sneak. Like this was like a backdoor cut on a game winning drive here that just wasn't the window to do that. Like this is something you try to sneak by in like the second half or in the second quarter, not the end of the game. I would have done it again, and I'm I'm not even sure if that's the original play they did draw, but I was a little bummed out on on the execution of that. I just had higher expectation. Do you think there should have been something else, or this is really going to boil down to as you always say that they're they're college kids and you can't prepare for that situation. Like the intensity of this was, it couldn't you couldn't have any more weight on your shoulders. Well, it's not the it's not it's not the players to come up with the play. You know they have to execute the play. Uh, the snap was low, but I think even if the snap was perfect. It wasn't fourth and inches. I mean, there were, there were still some yards that needed to be gained. So to direct snap it right to the quarterback and then have him just run into the back of his line, I, I didn't like that at all on a play that you need a touchdown. I, I'm with you. Some sort of a, a of a rollout where you have the option of you can you can run it in, you can throw it. Uh, I was I'm fine with it not being a trick play. It's like biggest biggest play of the year. You know, run something really good and i just can't imagine that uh direct snap dive was 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 the best option like i said even if the snap had been had been successful uh alabama just hung in this game the the the, i feel like they were hanging around the game but then they were leading and then they really should have uh put it away but then their quarterback fumbles and then michigan was just kind of hanging around and then was able to able to tie it up down down the stretch but i i really thought we were going to get a handful of overtimes. I thought both teams were going to be able to score and then going, it was going to come down to like the going for twos uh, l- later on. I definitely didn't think it would end just in, in the first overtime. I thought for sure, you know, Michigan scores uh, is like Alabama is for sure going to score. And they got down to the goal line so quickly. And then, like you said, just all, all the timeouts and just, I think that just adds to it of just, it really, it maximized Three timeouts. You had 20 minutes and this was because it maximized it. the disappointment. Have, like it couldn't have you added have 30 up 30 <laughs> seconds to a play ends before the next one has to go. So, you know, the coach has to talk to the offense coordinator. I don't know exactly who's calling the plays to, you know, on these teams. So there's a lot of communication. You got to get the play into the, to the quarterback and get it to the players. There's a lot of communication that has to happen that, you know, you don't necessarily realize at home, but it just, they had so much time, so much time to, to figure this out. And I don't know, maybe they just overthought themselves. Maybe they came out, had a more dynamic play, saw what the defense was uh, put out there, and thought, oh, yep, they're expecting us to roll out, so their middle is real weak. But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. Well, that was, I'd say, the the only game with some actual drama. There's a little, I'd say, pressure situation on Washington, Texas, sort of late in the game. But overall, Washington, I just thought, looked a little bit more prepared and came out a little bit sharper. And I actually think that, out of all the teams, I think out Penix, of- he just throws absolute dimes. <clears throat> he would throw it up and they'd be deep routes. So like, you can't see the, the wide receiver, or the, the, the cornerback until, you know, the ball starts coming down and then it's just right, right in the bread basket for the wide receivers. I was very impressed with it, with him throwing the ball. It was, it was, it was just fun to watch. I, I kind of got to agree with you. And with that kind of going forward, are you, favoring Washington over Michigan because I just felt like 
I actually still think Michigan is the best team in the country, but the amount of unforced errors that they were able to just bail themselves out of that could have easily cost them the game at any point. You could just point to every single mistake that was just unforced errors, like muff punts and fumbles and turnovers, completely unnecessary stuff that shouldn't happen and likely won't happen in the next game. So I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I, I just when you see a team that didn't have those sort of problems go forward, I, I, I think you got to kind of favor that team, but... Uh, what are you feeling? You're a little bit more of a college football expert. Which team? Well, you, that Washington took the lead in you know in, in the second half and were up two two possessions and looked like all right they're gonna cruise with this, but it came down to to the very the very end. They got very unfortunate when they were running out the clock and it looked like the game was over. I was actually surprised. I thought they were able to kneel it, but I guess with the timing, it was going to be like just off. And then on third down, they did not get a first down, but uh, one of their players got hurt. So it stopped the clock. So it gave uh, Texas a whole extra 30 seconds. So I think rather than having 20 seconds, 50 seconds, which is just a, a huge amount, a different amount of time. And, Texas marched right down the field, and then they had two, uh, right almost on the on the like, not right on the goal line, but yeah, I think within five to ten yards, shots, and it it, it was pretty close. <laughs> I would have felt really bad for Washington because they were in the driver's seat, and just the way that happened with the clock management, where you know we'll talk about it for some of the NFL games that this is the coach's fault, where this was not the coach's fault. This was just a you know, a guy, a guy got hurt, and it was just just unfortunate. But I think that Michigan's got the best defense uh, in the country, so I think that they will be able to stack up. You know, they're they're a major program; they're not gonna have any problem with that. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Washington was one of the more penalized teams in in the country. It didn't really uh, come to bite them yesterday, but I'm wondering on Monday night if you know you're going against a team, you're getting pushed around a little bit. Does you know, some of the, the bad habits uh, kind of come out, but I, I, I think I think I'm still still gonna go w- w- with Michigan, even though, you know, I I am wary. I do realize, <laughs> yesterday they were the underdog in the the conference uh, championship. They were the underdog, and they're still undefeated. So, uh, I think this is gonna be a close game. I'm hoping for a real fun one next Monday. You think Georgia would beat either of these teams? I think they're. I think they did. They'd be right in the mix. I. I. Yeah. I don't know. I. I just. I, I. Bama played a great game. I don't want to take anything away from them. I just think that punch of Georgia would be something to address for every one of these teams. They. I think they would have their hands full. But uh, enough of the. It's just so tricky because it, it's. It's. It's not. It, it's not basketball where there's lots of possessions, or in the NBA you have uh, a series. It's just football. There's. Only so many possessions, and I mean, we saw it. Alabama beat Georgia, but the week before, nearly got beat by Auburn. Like Auburn, probably had like a what, like a ninety percent chance to win, you know, in the moment. But just like the way that that it works, so it's just what Georgia team shows up, or you, and which which of these teams shows up. There's just there's not a lot of possessions, so one mistake here or there just I think goes much further than it does in other sports. I think Alabama's going to regret losing. This game, I think when you look back at the fumbles, a missed field goal, just amount of gifted opportunities, and perhaps you could say that's the only reason they were in the game. But I, I just, I thought Michigan could have won this game by twenty points if if those things don't happen. And man, the longer Alabama just 
stuck around and then had a lead and then really put the pressure on. I, I just a missed opportunity, I think. I think for them, and this was really a a a wasted opportunity for almost the whole season that they you could almost argue didn't deserve and just kept going, just just kept going, and then how far could they press their luck? It, it really it really got pretty close. So I I give them a ton of credit. I, I Saban. You know he's coming back next year. You know you gotta he'll, watch. He'll be back. You watch it. You know he'll this be back. this team's gonna be better next year. I, I don't. I don't think anyone's truly grasping that yet. That this was a down year for Alabama. Like regardless of the outcome, this was an overall down year that yeah. played out yeah, really well. Yeah, down year for them. and lost in the semifinal in overtime. Like how many schools would that would be? Like the best moment in the history of the school. It might be the best moment is, for Washington. This is a down year for them. Is this is this the best Washington football moment? Am I just naive to the history? Because I mean, we're, we're talking about how this is a disappointing year for Alabama. Is this like one of the most exciting thing that's ever happened to Washington? They're they're going to the finals. It's it, it's very impressive, uh, especially where the Pac-12 is done after this year, and they put a team. <laughs> ACC couldn't even get a, a team in the final four, let alone uh, to, to the championship. So, just interesting that. There's a Pac-12 team in the championship, and next year the conference just will not even exist. All right, last question to college football, and this is a little bit more of a personal question. Do you want to push the podcast again to Tuesday next week so that we can get this game in, or do you want to go back to the the normal Ooh. Monday schedule? Ooh, what do you, what do you think? Should we do? Do you think the game's going to be good? So I, we, I, we're going to want to do a recap of it. I don't know. These games are so good that I, I feel like we kind of have to. But I, I also know how college, man, it's not all apples and oranges. You think you got two oranges and it's like, no, that team's like way better. And you just can't find out until you see it's, them play. Yeah, you sit down like, oh, we're going to have a fun game in the end of the first quarter. You got the Georgia, Florida State situation of this wasn't close at all. So I, I just I'm hesitant that it may end up being like that. But I I thought the games yesterday were, were very good. So I'm, I'm I think I'm going to be pro Tuesday. For the moment, yeah. Until uh, yeah. Until let, let, let's do let's do Tuesday. All right. So that's uh that's gonna be our plan for for college football next week. As for this week, we have our last week of NFL picks of of a disastrous, horrendous predictions. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know anything about football. Apparently, like the, the, this this calculating it and keeping track of it all all week. Uh, every week. I mean, I, I know I'm not going to beat you, but it, it's not like you had that much better of a year or if there's anything you should really be bragging about either. But our last week, here we are. I don't know which of these games matter and which of them don't because there's a variety of teams that have some crazy combination of still being, I guess, mathematically possible, but pretty much everyone's eliminated. I don't know who's really playing for anything this week, but we'll go through the, them. The Bills. The Bills. It's wild. They could be the second seed. They could not make the playoffs. We'll get to them. Uh, for now, we're going to kick it off on Saturday. No no Thursday games. Well, hold I on. I want to I push back a little bit, saying that I didn't have a very good year. I'm in the the 90.4 percentile. That's an A-. minus. That's not too bad. I You know, it, it, was, it wasn't an A+, plus, but that, that, that's an A. I, I just want to push back a little bit that I had some terrible season. I started off terribly, but I was able to turn it around at least a little bit and salvage it. We could be better. All right, we could win our own group for one. Well, that would be nice. You know, so like you're 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 handing out yourself an A minus. There's there's an A plus in in our own group. We only had four people in the whole group. There there isn't like the world or the field that you're competing with. You you couldn't even beat anyone in someone in your own group. So, you know, I, go ahead, pat yourself on the back for a nice second I place just, in beating me. 
it's a podcast. It's, it's just us head to head, head to head. That's the most important. <laughs> Everything else is just is just you know that's just bonus. Yes, you're so above average that you couldn't even be above average of our own little group. Like that's that doesn't whatever. Go ahead, take. Do you want? I'll play the applause on you. I, I think I have the effect somewhere. I, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, sorry, that's, just, that's I, the wrong I, one. I, I, I said, I'm just pushing back, saying that I had a terrible year. I don't think I had a terrible year. Oh, all right. Well, let's just get through this week then, so you can, you know, really kick off a real solid year. You know, stay, stay consistent. This- I'm looking to, you know, get this. Uh, you know, I want to start a winning culture, and then I can week one next year. You know, I'll be, I'll be ready to go. I'll be, you know. All right. Well, we got no Saturday games or no no Thursday games. We're kicking off on Saturday now. So this is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore having an incredible win against Miami, of which I think Lamar has now locked up the MVP conversation. I, I just don't think you have much of an argument for anyone else. He, he was great. <laughs> Pittsburgh was also victorious with Mason Rudolph having an incredible showing, of, of which you just scratch your head of wondering why this guy wasn't running this offense the entire year. I, I mean, we talked about, I don't know how this team was over 500. I, I don't know why this team wasn't better than this now at this point. I mean... Based entirely on just what I saw last week, like why was this a, was this a mistake? Like, should we be more critical of this, of of going through Trubinsky and and Pickett or Pickens or which which one or whoever's the quarterback one? And it just I, I think it's really unexplainable. Either way, I, Baltimore's going to take care of business this week if they want to. I don't know if they necessarily need to, but I, I just I have no confidence in Pittsburgh. I just think that they've made a lot of mistakes all year. I have no idea how they have nine wins, and I can't see them getting to ten. Who you got? Uh, see, you really needed to crunch the numbers ahead of time and do your research this week. This week is a goofy week. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to try to fight to see if they can get into the playoffs. The Ravens, even if they lose, they have the one seed all locked up. So I don't think Lamar's playing. Or I'm, actually, I'm pretty positive Lamar's not playing. I don't think any of the starters are going to be playing. So I think that the Steelers' ones can beat the, uh, the, the Ravens' backups, and they're going to take a nice little break. Uh, get their their bye week. They're they're not gonna play for a few weeks. Get healthy, and then they'll be ready to go. But boy, past two weeks, Ravens games have looked at. Ooh, this is gonna be a juicy one. This will be a fun one. And they have just absolutely put the smackdown. Uh, for whatever reason, the NFL said, "Hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna put double digit games at one o'clock, and we're gonna hide hide this one." I thought this was gonna be like the premier game. This was gonna be all over red zone. I mean, it was all over red zone. There's a lot of points, but boy, that was not competitive at all. I'll take the B squad over Pittsburgh's A squad. I, it doesn't matter. Okay. I, I, yeah, no, it'll be fine. All, all those mistakes, they're going to come back. All right, next game, Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. I, another funny one. These are two 9-7 and seven teams. They both somehow won last week and I think have some sort of chance of making the playoffs still, right? I, I don't know. I don't know the math uh, between all of them, but. Yeah, so this is actually uh... – Winning, it's a win, this is a win and get in situation. I think Indianapolis. So which, is whichever a team, team, whatever whichever team wins is in the playoffs, and whichever team loses has no chance to be in the playoffs. I think Indianapolis is just a better team. I, I want Houston to win, and I think it'd be far more fun to see them advance. But every they've had a lot of opportunities, and they've taken care of business where they can. CJ came back last week; he'll be better this week, but. I, I just think I have a little bit more faith in Indianapolis, dis- despite the struggles, really, of both these teams offensively. I, I just – Jonathan Taylor's healthy, I think, for now. I'll, I'll let him ride it out. I'll take Indy. Who you got? 
I'm going with the Texans. I liked what I saw out of CJ Stroud. I just we talk every week and we got these quarterbacks getting hurt and we got you know all the all the old guys that were good have have retired except for Joe Flacco who's coming back and he looks awesome and just we need some of these young guys to step up and be awesome. So, you know, as much as I like Minshew Mania, I mean, we've kind of seen it, we've seen as far as it can go. We don't know uh, what CJ Stroud's ceiling is. So I, I would like the Texans to win. Uh, and I would like them, uh, like get CJ some, some playoff experience, see what he's got. It would be fun to see some actual quarterbacking in the playoffs. There, there are going to be some terrible teams. These are going to be some of the teams. Like one of these teams is going to get in. There's going to be some of the worst playoff games of the year. Like the teams that are going to get in on the bottom here are just so bad. That I, I this was the year to do a four team college college playoff. This they really missed on that. But uh, I, all right, so you're going with them. We're we're over two. We're, we're really going to shift it up this week, huh? This is going to be a real deciding last week of who gets blown out. Right. Yeah. Next game, Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I, I mean, Detroit. This is really the the main conversation of a whole life here of, of just why why are they in the situation they're in? I mean, I skipped a game, didn't I? Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's do that one yeah. first. Sorry, I'm out of order. Yeah. Cleveland, Joe Flacco wins again and has a massive game against a defense that I was scared to play him against. And had I played him, I would have actually been successful in three fantasy football leagues if I just had the confidence to play him. Now, he does all this without Amari Cooper, who had the record-setting week the, the week before. And, and this is no problem. He's just Joe Cool out there with the deep ball just slaying away I, I don't know how far this could go but I'm I'm very I'm very much for this all right this is this is a momentum that is just fun to be part of and Cleveland after going through all of the injuries they have the whole year the fact that they are 11 and 5 and Joe Flacco is leading the way I'm just I'm for this story legitimately leading the way too I'm, not just oh he's the quarterback and he's just gone in there and it's been the skill position guys and the defense and you know he's just you know a warm body out there and we just know the name Joe Flacco like no he's legitimately Tossing the rock all over the place and just dominating. It just I don't get it. I got Cleveland. Who you got? I am going with the Bengals. Uh, Cleveland has nothing to play for. They are locked in uh, into their into the playoffs. So I think that they will be rolling out their B squad. Joe Flacco's a million years old. No reason to play him. So I, I think the Bengals uh, they'll they'll be a little scrappy. They'll they'll try to win. But talk about a disappointing season for the Bengals. I, I mean, obvious reasons, but. Uh, not what they expected coming into the year. We as Patriots fans knew kind of what to expect, but they, they, you only get so many years with these great quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow could be a great quarterback, and you just you, you lost a year. I, I, we're, we're the ones really taking the loss here. The, the, he's far more fun to watch than some of the guys that are going to get in. And I actually think it's pretty miraculous that they are 8-8 eight eight with all the circumstances. that I mean, Joe Burrow was hurt for basically the first four weeks of the year. I mean, what were they, 0-4? Oh, and three. It was bad. It, it was even rough. when he came back. Even when he came back, it was it, he was still. You could tell he wasn't wasn't right. So to kind of you know, right the ship and then get injured and then just crawl into the end where you're not even relevant is 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 hard because I I think they really gave themselves a chance when I don't think they had much of one. So it's a uh, it is a disappointing overall year and is a loss for all of us. But I don't think it's a complete like this team will still be solid next year. Like I have no doubt in it. I'd much rather bet on this team next year with Joe Burrow coming back than a lot of these other teams. All right, Agreed. Next, Very much so. Yep. Next game, Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I mentioned Detroit just doing some baffling decisions at the end here. The whole choice to go for oh, two boy. to then get penalized, of which you could still kick the field goal 
of then running a play that was so controversial that I'm still not even sure what was wrong and what was supposed to be right and what everyone is mad about. I'm just more mad at that the analytics or whatever knowledge. I don't even think the analytics agreed with it. Like I just don't no. understand the, the balls of this team. And it was cool when it was at like the two yard line. It just wasn't sm- it just was a dumb play. It just wasn't smart. There, there's no tough guy mechanism in all of this that's going to convince me that this was the right choice. And I know we know what happened right now. And it's easy to say, yeah, hey, that didn't work because it failed. But this was just a risk that you didn't have to take on a, on a – it just feel like their whole season is now shifted, that they blew a game off a really bonehead decision at the end that they controlled. Like, they weren't forced into any of this. I, I, I know they had some, like, outlier chance of getting a top seed, and that's kind of why they wanted to go for the win. But once you get the penalty, I don't understand why you don't just go into overtime and take your chances there. Like, are you that scared of this other team? Like, can you explain the, the, the two-point conversion at all? I got it the, the the first time around, where it's it, it's it's a very ballsy play, and you really have to be confident as a coach because even if you think it's the right decision, if you don't get it, you're gonna take more heat than if than if you get it right and it works, uh, which is just unfortunate. I am a fan of, hey, you know, if you get the opportunity and you think you're rolling and you got to play and you think I th- I think we're better off doing this now than trying to take this into overtime and they did they had a super uh sneaky lineman play that you know i think was right out of uh like like a belichick playbook it's like all right cool but they didn't announce who was the the, the eligible lineman uh properly now there's arguments depending on who's uh who, who you're a fan of whether they the lines messed up or if the the refs messed up but the refs make the rules or enforce the rules, so that got messed up. But yeah, then afterwards you get moved back, and then you decide you're going to still try to go for it, and then you throw a play that I think even if the guy had caught it, he was short. So that was a bad play call, or poorly poorly executed play at, at the least. That just seemed like, I, I don't know, it's like, 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 like a little kid that just is having a tantrum, and rather than, you know, gets offered an out, but is a little kid, so doesn't take the out and just goes, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing this. Like, why? You had the advantage before. You had the play you were going to run. Now that you're back, just reassess. Reassess. Okay, we'll kick it. We've been beating this team pretty good all, all day. We'll take them into overtime. You know? It should be about, I, I think, at least 50-50 where that two-point, you know, they say is about 50-50 initially. But then when you move back, it's got to be worse. So, yeah, it didn't make any sense. The Cowboys really lucked out because they had a chance to run it down to not zero, but very little time. And they decided to throw on third down and give the, the Lions about 35 seconds and then play the super soft prevent defense to even allow them to score the, the touchdown in the first place. So they get that two point conversion. And this conversation is not about the Lions and what they were doing. And it's much more on Mike McCarthy and his clock management saying, what in the world are you doing? Oh, hold on. It wasn't just they threw on third down. It was the play that they they threw a Hail Mary on, on third down towards the sideline that was not a wasn't clock close. killing play in, in any form of another. Like it was the complete opposite of like, hey, let's just get a reception and let stay in bounds. And, you know, like it wasn't a cross. It wasn't a curl. It was it was it was a, just a Hail Mary straight shot. That was that you didn't 
You didn't need. Nobody needed. No, no, didn't need. You were in the driver's seat. You have chosen to give up the driver's seat by, by doing that. Like you could have taken a knee and you would have been better off in this you game. Would, yeah, I was, I was going to say, you would have been better off taking a sack for sure. It's, yeah, I don't know why they wanted to get right. that aggressive. Do, do we like do we like the quirky lineman play at the end for the two-point conversion? A play that nobody ever runs, and they only run in these rare situations, and then we, we fall into these ar- arguments of like, well, he hasn't been a receiver all day, but he said he was eligible on this last play, and and that that's kind of how we're gonna win. Like, do we do we like that? Is this thinking outside the box, or is this trying to cheat? No, I like it. It's it's the way you you set up the formation, and you just have to you just have to do it correctly. And the reason that normally it doesn't work is because when a lineman announces. It's, it's, it's not like this covert thing. Like, he goes over to the referee and whispers to him, like, I'm, I'm eligible. Don't tell anybody. It's He goes over to the referee, says, hey, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm, I am, we are lining up in this formation on purpose, and I am the eligible receiver. So then the uh, referee announces it to everybody. So then the defense knows, okay, we're at, we're, you know, we're going to have somebody make sure to keep an eye on him. You know, you get a linebacker that's like, I'm going to keep an eye on him. So it doesn't happen what happened in the game that there was confusion and he was wide open, but I, I like it as a, you know, it, it's, a, it's a form of a trick play. Yeah. But I, I like it as a, you know, you gotta, you gotta test things out once in a while. This is your two point conversion play. I just, you have all these offensive weapons. We, we pay all these offensive guys, the money to be on offense. And we're going to bring the guy who's going to do this one play this one time. I just I don't know if I like well, putting all my we, eggs in that did, basket. It just what are you talking about? We we ran this with Vrabel more than once and were successful. Yeah, well Vrabel back in the day. I just all right, Vrabel, Vrabel was a defense. was a defensive player too. Vrabel also played fullback for us. Vrabel also did like direct snap quarterback sneaks. Like he did a bunch of quirky things. But isn't for that us. the same argument? I just thought Vrabel was getting a little bit more use on the quirky plays than this guy I've never heard of, and this team using him instead of all the offensive weapons. Like, why not just take a shot to Laporta or Amon Ross St. Brown or or Gibbs or Montgomery and Gibbs do something together? I don't know. There's – I just – I don't know. I, I just feel like if you have true offensive weapons, you should use them. Every other, Some of these other teams don't have them, and they might have been forced to do that play, and you have just opted to, to run with it. I, I, like it's, I, I think it's you, – you, you just you balance out the – do you use your strongest abilities that is not going to surprise them at all, or are you trying to surprise them? And they went they went the surprise route. And, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from of you got these weapons, use these weapons. And just, you know, like you said, throw it to Laporta. He's really good, and that should work. It also just seems like anyone on Madden wouldn't have made this decision. And the other thing is there's a play that they ran. It Like you said, they ran short. It feels like they just stuck with the same two-point conversion play, and we're like, well, we'll just go, like, three more yards farther. It's like, no, that's not how the plays work. Like, this would have worked great from the two-yard line, but... Yeah, it was even if he had caught it, he was going to... It sure looked like he was short. And he was diving to the ground, so it wasn't even a possibility of catching it and, you know, maybe make a defender miss. You just got to reach your arm out. Maybe, you know, you could just cross the plane. It was... He was going to the ground, and, yeah, best case is he catches it and then doesn't... He's still uh, out of the end zone confusing confusing league of which we, we invest so much into all of this and you see guys crumble at the end of the games with some questionable decisions but we'll see if that tantrum comes back again because that was 
like if he pulls this stuff off in the playoffs, I, I like, I'm not saying this is a fireball offense. They're still a successful team, but I, I think we're going to start putting some reins on some guys for making some mistakes like this towards the end of the game. Like this is, this is just, this is a chance you didn't need to take. It's, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Like even if they got it, I feel like I would have still, and like, that was stupid. Like that wasn't smart. Wait like, a minute. Wait a minute. Weren't you pro two point conversion yesterday in the semifinal game? Yes, I was. What? So what was the different situation there versus what the Lions did? Well, the Lions didn't have a kicker just miss. I mean, did you have a thousand percent confidence in that kicker in Michigan? No, no, I didn't. Like even even if it being closer, even it being a standard extra point, I still felt like this would be the worst way ever to lose. And this offense can get a two point conversion. I believe this offense can do that. And I know it's probably a 50-50 call and all that, but right now that's how I feel about this kicker, even, even if the numbers don't agree with me. I felt shaky about that kick, and it would have been just an awful way to end the game. And I was like, it would oh, be so much, the worst. Would have been so, it was so much more exciting to go into overtime and get what we get, but it also would have been exciting to be like, I don't know what this kicker's got going on in his head right now, but like that last kick was not close. It wasn't even close. It was a complete shank, and if you shank this and we lose on that, I'd rather put the ball in the hands of the players that have kind of gotten me here and give them a chance rather than be entirely reliant on a shaky kicker who who was fine. He he made he even made the extra extra point after. Like it was fine. Like it's it worked, but I I just that I was I was hesitant of that. I just didn't think the trend of the game just felt like Alabama had figured out Michigan to some degree and I would have wanted to wrap up this game a lot sooner. I, I just I I thought it made a lot okay. more sense. All right, we gotta we gotta move on. Move on. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. I have no faith in Jacksonville. I don't know what they put out there last week. They go twenty six to zero against Carolina, and I still thought they played bad. Like I, they they won twenty six to zero, and I still thought this team was terrible last week. I don't know what to expect out of Tennessee, but I I feel like they can spoil a season in Jacksonville, and I think they're gonna want to do that. So I'm gonna go with Tennessee and the spoilers and just hope for the chaos because I have not supported this Jacksonville team all year and I'm not going to start now. Who you got? We don't know who the Tennessee Titans quarterback is going to be. I think the Titans, well, I know they're already out of the playoffs, but they're, they're just, they're just bad. They've been bad all year. I I think the the, the Jaguars, they still got to figure some stuff out. I don't know if, uh, if if Trevor Lawrence is going to be back in time for this one, but I'm going to go with the Jaguars. All right, next game, New York Giants at the New England Patriots. It is rumored, not accurately, but potentially, that this could be Belichick's last game. Are we buying into that? And if we are buying into that, don't we want to win? I don't know. I saw these te- I saw this team last week have three, four turnovers in the first quarter and yet somehow have a chance, like a legitimate chance, at beating the Buffalo Bills last again, week. Again, it was a one-score game. There's a whole lot of what ifs you could say about this team, and the only thing I know is I think this team's still better than the New York Jets, who are also not that good. I'm gonna take the Patriots at home. It's very much against everything I believe in, but if this is gonna be it with Belichick, I don't want to go out losing to the Jets, and that's worth giving up whatever the potential pick is because I, I know this Belichick thing is gonna come to an end at some point. I don't want it to, but if it is any chance of it starting now, I don't want to go out in a loss. So that's. That's my take. I'll take the Patriots. Who you got? I am also going with the Patriots. I don't think the the Jets are very good. We seem to just be in a, a whole bunch of games, and this seems like one of them that where 
usually the team is better than us, so they're just able to sneak past us where I don't think the Jets are. So I think if they continue to make the their normal level of mistakes and we make our normal level of mistakes, that will be just ahead, as well as uh, what's our current uh, streak against the Jets? We beat them, what, like 18 times in a row or something like that? So I'm just going to go with the, with, with the trend. Uh, I, I think Belichick's going to be back. Uh, I, I don't know. There's just a, there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke, but I think they're gonna figure things out. And I, I just don't I don't see next year. I think personnel has to change. Uh, you know, player player wise, we, we need to get things working. But I thought our defense was was solid majority of the year. We were in a lot of the games. The team hasn't quit, and I just don't see a coach that you could tell me would be their week one next year that I think would give us more success than Bill Belichick would week one next year. I hope that's the case. I really do. But this is also a game I'm not really looking forward to watching. I guess this is this is just two bad teams. Yes. Mo- moving on. I don't think it's going to be on red zone very much. It's got the, uh, I believe it's the lowest, and this is like the second time this year we have the lowest uh, over-under total since like 2005 or something. So not a lot of points. Nothing but defensive touchdowns. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Next game, Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm cursed with Atlanta or if they've put a curse on me, but I'm embracing it and not going with them ever again. So, like, I'm just on the Derek Carr train. It's, it's a fun, hectic ride that I can't always promise you is going to be smooth. But the guy puts up points, and he's going to go out trying to put up points, and I'm. I'm just going to be pro that guy versus an Atlanta offense that I, I just can't figure out. I don't know what B. John Robinson is doing and not doing. I don't know why Algiers is suddenly having better games and Cordell Patterson's getting I, – I can't explain the Atlanta offense regardless of the quarterback. The usage is just weird, and I don't want to support it, and I haven't supported it correctly all year. So I'm going to New Orleans. Who you got? On principle alone, give me the Saints. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Let's erase everything that Tampa Bay did last week. As I mentioned, the gunslinger and Derek Carr. This was the worst I think I've seen Tampa look all year. I wanted to continue to embrace Mike Evans every week. Underrated guy, blah, blah, blah. But this was an ugly, awful loss. This team has to get a win this week. And I, I think they have some some rare chance of getting in. But they, they can't. They shouldn't lose to Carolina. Carolina didn't even score last week. And the Buccaneers were really close to not even scoring this past week, but I, I think they'll they'll be able to just just surpass whatever Carolina puts up. Uh, I got Tampa. Who you got? I am also going with Tampa. Uh, yeah, the Panthers. Panthers aren't very good, and Tampa Bay needs to win to have any any shot. So, yeah, even even after last week, I, I think they, they 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 know backs are against the wall. All right, next game: two high scoring teams, the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Both putting up 30-plus points in a victory the week before. Which one do you have more faith in? I kind of like Fields a little bit more, but you know, Jordan Love, I don't know what's going on in Minnesota, but that, that those are some points there as well. I I guess I'm just more a fan of uh, Justin Fields and Jordan Love, and that's going to be the real decision here. So I'm, I'm going with them. Who you got? I'm going with Green Bay at home. Green Bay just keeps tearing apart the Bears, even though Aaron Rodgers is gone. So I'm going to go with uh, with the trend, just like I went with the Patriots. And, yeah, give me the Packers. All right, next game, Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Denver not starting Russell Wilson. That was kind of an announcement made midweek. 
and it was almost instantly confirmed that he will not be returning at all. Not even just not playing. It's it's we're this relationship is over, and I don't know why they traded for him. I can't imagine a bigger disaster, and a, and a bigger divorce of a threat of just like no, you're done now. Like we're not even gonna play this out. We're 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 putting cinnamon now and wrap it up. Uh, not the greatest week by either of these teams offensively. I, I I don't know what the Raiders are doing either. They lost a whole bunch of players. No, no, Josh Jacobs last week. I don't know if he's coming back this week. I, I guess I just think Stidham's got a little bit more reason to show something out there, and that's the only reason I'm going with Denver. But these are not very good teams. Who you got? I'm going with the Raiders at home. Uh, yeah, that Russell Wilson, whew, that is uh, that is rough. It sounded like he, he got the call midway through saying, hey, if you don't restructure your contract, we are going to bench you. And this uh, relationship is going to be over. Uh, didn't seem like he was he was too thrilled about it. Uh, do you think he will be a starting quarterback next year, week one? I think he absolutely would start on over half the teams this season. So if you're unless you're telling me over half the teams this year are going to be able to address and correct that problem, which they're just not going to they're going to be better off with Russell Wilson. So I'm still saying yes. I, dude, there's a lot of bad – there's so many bad quarterbacks out there. I know Wilson didn't necessarily have a threat, but I thought at least the game manager, like numbers-wise, they look decent, and I'd rather at least have a guy that can at least do that versus a guy who just can't. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be a Joe Flacco situation, but I, I, I just think that there's enough offenses that would take this over whatever they had this year. And – would you want him on the Patriots? Over what we had this year, yeah, I I, I would. I still would. I no, still... like going going not. It wouldn't be like a retroactive thing. It'd be if there was an announcement in July that we've we've signed Russell Wilson to be be the quarterback. Would that be a something you'd be excited about or something you'd be angry with? I'd be pretty disappointed, but okay. I was more disappointed this year. Because we didn't do anything like that. So I suppose in some theory it'd be like, well, look, we did, we got a Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's not great. He wasn't great last year, but the guys we had last year were terrible. So like, there's, no, there's just no argument around it. It's like either we're staying in the same reign of, of just not very good quarterbacking and, it, and that's fine. But I'm, I'm all for change at this point. And if that's the change, that's fine. Anything but what happened this year. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Next game Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Both teams coming off a loss. I mentioned uh, I mentioned Uh-oh. the Arizona trap game last week. I did not have the cuts to actually make the pick of it, but I I knew this was a frisky offense. I called that this this Kyler Murray is going to be just unstoppable against this <laughs> Patricia defense that is very much claimed the name of Matt Patricia is in charge of everything on this defense. I'm pretty sure he played all all whatever positions on the field there. The blame game is is not fun right now. <laughs> A lot of fingers pointing over there, and I think I think you have no choice but to actually put a lot of blame on him. But I mean, you should be able to outscore Arizona, even if your defense is that bad. This offense has to get back back on track, and this is a terrible loss. They're so lucky that they get the Giants this week, and they can actually stop the bleeding and get back on track. I I really hope that they do because if they don't, oh man, that just the drama going into the playoffs of Philly just blowing a bunch of games here towards the end against a bunch of teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. They've been skating by all year. I think they'll skate by one more one more week because the Giants just don't have it. I don't even know who's starting for them at quarterback, but it's not good. I'll take Philly, but there, there's there's some problems here. There's definitely some leaks that they they got to address immediately. Who you got? Yeah, are they the most uh, panicked 
uh eleven and five team where yeah. What are they two and four in their their last six? And yeah, another time. Arizona, like yeah, not supposed to lose to Arizona. You definitely uh sniff that one out. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Eagles, but I think they can handle the Giants, but this could be a team going into into the playoffs that you said like there's going to be some bad matchups where if they play in the playoffs like they've been playing recently, it, it doesn't look like an 11 and five team or you know 12 and five team if 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 they win. So, oosh. man, they uh like a month ago, a month ago everything was everything was looking good. Hurts going to win the MVP. They looked like they were they were cruising. And boy, wheels fell off on that very quickly. I just want to reiterate that there was a we're going to have to ban the tush push. It's it's too unstoppable. It's like, no, this team's losing games now. They should do the tush push every play now. Like they just who cares if you think it's cheating, if it's an advantage you have do that more, because right now you don't have the same advantage as you think you had. They're, they're gone. You're, you're not you're not able to stop another team. You just can't. So I, I would try to extend the possessions. I would try to run the ball more and I would do like two toothbrushes a game, like uh, or a drive. Like I would just kill clock, get first downs, and keep it moving. Like, keep the ball out of the other team's hands. They can't score then. Like it just, I, I would. I don't know what else to say. Like, hey, they really got this going for them. I just, it felt like early in the year they were almost being mocked for having a dominant play, and they, I'm not saying backed off of it, but it felt like the criticism it was starting to add up a little bit. Everyone was getting really, really sick of the the play because it just works. It's just do it more. All right, moving on. I don't think I don't think it's a play you just use over and over again. It gets you the the, the foot that you need in close yard situations, but I, I don't think that that is going to be sustainable. More tush push. Just keep doing it. That's, that's my advice. Is <laughs> slowing. Okay. Your defense is. You're not going to be able to correct your defense in a week. All right. The only thing you can do is just try to keep the ball in the offensive hands as much as possible. I think that's that's more <laughs> of what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right, moving on, Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals, the the hot Arizona Cardinals. They're coming off a victory in, versus Philly over here. I, I imagine that this is another defense that they're going to be able to put some points on. Seattle hasn't exactly been able to shut anyone down. They gave a bunch of points to Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, who's not even a potent offense. I, I think Kyler's going to have another good day again. Give me give me Arizona. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They uh, have an outside chance. Uh, they have to win uh, to have any shot making the playoffs they need some uh some help from some other teams but uh, i'll go with the seahawks geno smith uh you know make, make, make it happen all right next game a very concerning kansas city chiefs at the la chargers i know they won last week and i know it wasn't like an almighty win against cincinnati but that was a very concerning team this chiefs team is does not have the threat that they once had they have no weapons i'm not scared of this team and i think the rest of the league is starting to catch up they are very similar to the Eagles where they are so fortunate to be facing the Chargers this week because this could look like a real icy finish here. They're, 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 in a, they're just not that great of a team right now. They're in a good position to kind of get some decent seating right now, but they 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 just haven't proven it all year. I, I'm, I'm really starting to lose faith on them. I, I don't know where it goes, but I think it'll be good enough to beat the Chargers this week. I, I don't know what the Chargers are throwing out there, but they, they're just – that season needs to end. But the I'm, sink. I'm, That's what they're throwing out there. I'm worried about Kansas City. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, kept Kelsey this year in fantasy, and he was good for most of the year. But, yeah, this past month or so, I, I, it's not the reason that I you know got knocked out of, out of the playoffs. There, There's a lot of reasons for that. But he was definitely not the, all right, he's going to 
overdo his uh his projections and it's not just a oh well that's just a fantasy thing it when you, when you score in fantasy it also counts in the, in the real world and it has it, not been there and like the whole team in general just is yeah like you said they're coming off of a win where the eagles are coming off of a loss but th- this is in mahomes this year he didn't have uh, an, an elite season so I, I think some of that was <laughs> the players he was throwing to and all, all the drops and i don't think it was all or really much of his fault but they're not getting any weapons going into the playoffs. So I'm, I'm taking them this week against the Chargers because I don't pick the Chargers. But in, in the playoffs, they, they, they could – they similar – not exactly the same to the Bengals, but coming in this year, all right, Super Bowl favorites, you know, that, that's our expectations. I think you're going to have to really lower those down to, all right, if we can get a win in the playoffs, that's going to be that's going to be good for us. All right, next game, L.A. Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners 12-4 and off a win against Washington. Rams taking care of business against the Giants. There's there's a hot team in the league. It's the L.A. Rams. I don't know what the ceiling is, but I, I, I think I have a little bit more faith in them actually continuing to get a little bit better week by week here. I, this isn't that a critical of a game for San Francisco, or they, they still need to win this one? Uh, both teams, uh, win or lose, are in the playoffs. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm going to still take the Niners. I, I just, I, I think Purdy needs to look good for a couple, a couple games and a couple series at, at minimum of all this. I don't know if they're going to play everyone for the entire half, but I, I, I'm sure that there's going to be some effort put in. I also think that these teams don't like each other. These coaches want to beat each other, and despite what that may m- not actually matter for the regular season and the seeding, I, I think that's going to matter enough. So, I got the Niners. Who you got? I'm also going with the Niners. I think it's going to be the uh, second straight against each other. So I think it'll be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be much to see here. And it, like we just discussed, it really doesn't matter either way, but I'm just going to give a slight edge to the Niners. All right, next game, Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. Again, another bailout game for, for Dallas of, of just getting lucky that Detroit managed to make even more boneheaded mistakes than they were able to make. Very fortunate that they get to face Washington and just walk into another win here. So I'll take Dallas on the road. Who you got? Lock it in. Give me Dallas. All right, next game, last game. The Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. The once-feared Miami Dolphins. The once-70-point Miami Dolphins. Remember that. Do not look like that team at all. This team doesn't look like they can score 70 points combined the rest of the year, even with some success. I, I like Buffalo's, I guess, experience a little bit more here and the fact that I've seen them do it. It hasn't always been the most reliable, but I don't think there's any consistency going on in Miami. I'm worried about a lot of things over there. I think they should be very concerned this week. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I just think that they're far more fearful and far more of a threat than than what Miami once was, and maybe I'll be wrong. I, I sure would love to see some of that Miami Dolphins wake back up, although – you mentioned some fantasy woes. I think that had a lot to do with a lot of people's fantasy woes this past couple of weeks was Miami just not scoring 70 points every week and then having some injuries everywhere. You know, whether it was Mostert one week, A-Chan the week before, and then they kind of swapped and they screwed everyone, I feel like. So uh, I don't know what you're doing in Miami, but this is this is going to be a rough ending of the year here. Uh, I got Buffalo. Who you got? I'm also going with Buffalo. Dolphins are locked into the playoffs. Uh, Bills, if they win, they're in. If they lose... Uh, only 65% chance of uh, of getting in. 
So I just think they're going to be they're going to be locked in. They know they've messed up earlier in the year. They've uh, just booted some games to some very not good teams. But I think now now they know. All right, all we got to do is win this, and I think they'll just gonna be more motivated than the Dolphins. I think any of the Dolphins players that are kind of on the fence, being healthy, they'll just say, "Hey, just rest, get ready for the playoffs," and that'll be uh, to the Bills' advantage. All right, last little reminder. I don't think it's gonna have much of a difference on. Our, our picks here, but the t- points total is going to be the Browns-Bengals game. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, that was weird. Do you know why they did that? I don't. Was it flex again? Was that originally going to be the last game, and I, they just moved Miami-Buffalo? I, I don't know. That's the best I could come up with. I didn't see. Yeah, I happen, I happen to notice it. I didn't see anyone else doing it, but ever since that one week, you mentioned that they, they, they flexed it, and I think they changed that game. I, I have been starting to pay attention more. It's like, oh, no, I think this point total will be very different than what I thought it would be in Buffalo and Miami. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in in Miami as well, so not a, no chance of a snowstorm or anything. Yeah. All right. So fantasy season's over. We talked about my successes. Uh, how about you talk about some of the players' success of the fantasy heroes and zeros of our championship week? Championship week for the zeros. We have at wide receiver Chris Olave and T Higgins. T Higgins, and then at running back James Cook, Jameer Gibbs, who last week was a hero, this week is zero. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Austin Eckler. A lot of big names there. Uh, for the heroes, we have Lamar Jackson. For wide receivers, we have CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams. And at running back, Isaiah Pacheco, Breeze Hall, James Conner, Jerome Ford, Najee Harris, and uh, a lone defense, the Bills defense. Fantasy hero. I had, who did I have? I had Lamar. I had Lamb in all of the leagues. So I'm starting the week off. I'm already 40 points up. Like it's it's the best just, scenario ever. I was so much more calming, so much more calming knowing going into the week. There's like, all right, at least one of my guys showed up and showed up big. And then Brees Hall the last couple of weeks has just turned on and has been a fantasy back to back fantasy heroes back to back. So that was our... just what you're looking for in the playoffs. He's he's gonna go on a separate list. All right, I'll tell you that. There, there's there's a grateful <laughs> list of someone who is taking care of business and is very rewarding on an offense that was not so far rewarding to him. So, congratulations to them, and I appreciate it. And that's it for the year, right? That's that's it for fantasy heroes and zeros. Yep. Is there yep. any one. any standout ones for the year? I mean, I mentioned my my Gabe Davis disappointment, but is is there any other names you'd like to vent out right now before we wrap up the fantasy season? Uh, no one to really uh, vent out, uh, but uh, I, I think it's, it should be noted that, uh, you know, you asked me a couple of years ago for fantasy football advice and uh, then kind of made a running joke of it that I told you to draft Christian McCaffrey. And then you had Christian McCaffrey lead your team to a championship. So, I mean, he you was, took my advice and he, you ended up with a championship. I, I, just, I think that should be pointed out. He was hardly my best player the last two weeks. Hardly. Yeah, he was fantasy zero this week, and it's just tough for him. I think it was he was projected for 23 and change and had 13, something like that, where anybody else gets you uh, double digits, and you're usually, you know, not, you can't be too upset. But with Christian McCaffrey, the, uh, the expectations are just a little bit higher. All right. Well, that's it for fantasy. I'm taking my victory and I'm going home. We got to wrap up a couple of things with some college basketball and a little NBA talk right now. All I know is college basketball, I feel like, did a college football thing where there's just a break, like you said, for the, the past yep. week. So there, there's been a not as much drama, not as much news. I, I know Michigan State has got a Illinois on the schedule this Thursday. 
And then Illinois, who do they play? They play another ranked team, I think, later in the week too. So they they got a they got a full week, and I'm saying they're 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 in trouble. Our Michigan State's coming. Right? I don't know. I don't know what sort of Christmas miracle is going to happen here, but I, I think we bought a bunch of shooters over the off season here. So this is this is what I'm hoping. All right, we're going to turn the season around. We're going to get an offense. It's going to start on Thursday. We're going to take care of business at Illinois, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But what what college teams did you uh did you want to touch on this week? The uh, you mentioned it. Uh, non-conference pretty much over. There's a couple sprinkled in here and there. We're getting into conference play. Uh, when anytime conference uh, play starts, it's coaches going against each other that that know each other could have been going against each other for for quite a long time, and just weird things can happen. Uh, earlier this week, Stanford upset Arizona. That one wasn't even on my radar. You know, normally going into the day, I have, you know, a list and, you know, kind of keep an eye on things. That was one that just completely, completely missed it till it was all the way over. Very surprising. But you mentioned definitely there was a lull, but conferences are, are starting. We're going to start to get uh, big Saturday games now that there's, a, you know, no more football to compete with. So for this week, uh, Friday, UConn at Butler. UConn has lost both of their first uh, two away games. This is their first conference uh, or their second conference away game. They lost to Seton Hall at the end of December. So it'd be interesting to see if they're able to uh, right the ship uh, playing on the road. Playing on the road is hard. Uh, and then on Saturday, starting off the day, these these are kind of starting at the, at the same time, unfortunately. But, you know, figure it out. Uh, UNC at Clemson and Kentucky at Florida. Then later in the day, we're going to have Iowa State at Oklahoma. So definitely you're going to start, like like I said, non-conference is over, getting into conference. There's going to be no more college football. You want to start getting ready for March. You know, got to get this into your regular rotation. Start watching some more of these uh, college basketball uh, teams. Start to figure out who who you like. Friday, Illinois is going to be playing Purdue after the UConn-Butler game. So I'm, Ooh, okay. I'm going I'm going transitive property here. Michigan State is going to beat Illinois on Thursday, and then the next day Illinois is going to wake up and they're going to whoop on Purdue. And I'm I'm going to come into the next podcast being transitive property here. All right, Michigan State, we're that back. Can't, that can't be right. Back to back. I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah, that that can't be right. You maybe you guys are playing tomorrow. Maybe it's Tuesday. For, is it today? Maybe it's today. I don't today, know. Today's Tuesday. Yeah, but maybe maybe the game's today is what I'm saying. Well, I. Wait, we got to get out of here. Let's just talk NBA. All right, I don't know anything about this college stuff. Wake me up when March happens and the next bet has to be addressed. And we already got to start thinking about that. You play Illinois next week. Even better. So they're gonna be they're gonna be Purdue this Friday, and then next week we're gonna beat them. That, that's, yeah, it's it's just, it's just yeah, it's just the reverse of what you said. It's fine. It's fine. There was an NBA trade. Did you hear about it? I, I heard I heard rumors. I heard rumors. There's very rarely trades in December, so it was uh, uh caught, caught me off guard. I think I was I think I was traveling. I think it's one of the most hypothetical talked talked about trades of the last two years was the OG and Anobi and the kind of drastic uh, draft value or not draft trade value that he'd had and just was untradeable for a little bit there. They they wanted so much. I, I actually kind of like what they got. I kind of like the move for both teams. I I, I just. You know, the pressure to Tua, I think, is a little bit more of a big deal for, for the Knicks, I think, getting them. He's a little undersized, but I think it gives them a little bit of help of trying to fill that Mitchell Robinson spot while he's still injured. 
And uh, and I think this is a good move for for RJ and quickly. I think they're going to get more opportunity there in Toronto. Toronto's just got to start making some changes because whatever they've been doing, it just doesn't work. I, I like Scotty Barnes, but this combination of all these guys, it just isn't working. You have all these guys that are supposedly going to be able to play a lot of defense and they play no defense. So I, I think OG going to New York is going to be just kind of the three and D guy that they need. And he's just going to, honestly, he's going to be the Randall replacement of whenever they move on from him. He, he's just a better three and D option than whatever headache Randall's bringing to the table. So I, I, I view it more of him being able to inevitably replace Randall's shoes a lot more than playing along with him. But that's, that's future, future Knicks talk. That that's who knows where that that's going to go. I have no idea what you do with Randall or what other team would even want him. But overall, I, I think this is a, a good trade for, for both sides. I mean, do you really have a, a beef with either move? No, not really. Uh, I mean, the, the Raptors are out of the playoffs right now, and the the Knicks are, are in the play-in. So it just seems like it, it doesn't really move move the needle on. I'm going to call it like like the the, the big players in in, in the league. Uh, hoping that that RJ, I I don't, I don't know if you know going back to Canada if if that helps him out at all. You know, going going back home, but I I just, I just don't know if uh, I, I I think I I mostly agreed with what you said where. RJ and Randall are both too streaky. And so when they're both off and that OG can just be a little more consistent and that you might be able to build off of that, but you know, anything that can help Brunson out and just all the things that I'm hearing is that this was just the first move for the bigger move that's coming later. And if that means uh, DeJounte Murray, or if that's somebody else, uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if this is just, part one of a two-part or a three-part move. But for right now, it's a interesting if it's December, if this was at the deadline, I think this would be down the list of the of the trades we talk, we, we would talk about. I, I guess I just like that they, they added a guy that isn't going to take the ball out of um, Brunson's hands. You know, un- unfortunately, RJ at his best and quickly at their best is with the ball in their hands. They're not that helpful off ball. So I, I like that they made a move for a guy – that doesn't take the ball out of Brunson's hands. Cause I think that's one of the best advantages they have is his decision-making at the end of the game and his scoring abilities. I, I don't think this team's suddenly going to be improved by adding Donovan Mitchell or DeJounte Murray or someone else where it's like, Oh, well, we already have the, one of the better options at the end of the game in Brunson. How about we had someone else to take the ball out yeah, of his hands? Yeah, let's just double up with it. So like, I don't, I don't see those are classic Knicks moves that we have mocked that they don't really make anymore. This team has been organized. They have been an actual organization and they have had, somewhat of a future and a, and a culture thing that has been pretty good over the last couple of years. So I, I, I like this move and I, and I don't think they should fall into the trap of training for the guys. I just said like, they, like Zach Levine doesn't make this team better. Like they just, they, they don't need to fall into that trap. I, I like the precious idea. I think that was a good, a good sneak in add on to this trade as well. So like I, especially with no, uh, uh, looking like Mitchell Robinson might not play again this year. That's that's, that stinks because that's really what they needed. And if Mitchell's out Man. there with OG, the, the defense on this team under certain lineups, even with Brunson being undersized, I think is very, very capable. And I also like the move that if you look at the futures of the teams you're going to be playing, and that, that that Boston team, they got a whole bunch of guys you could throw OG at, you know, and you just you need guys like that because they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love the move. I guess I'm just pro move for, for both teams here. So uh, not the only news this week was the, the trade. The Detroit Pistons kind of benefited from this trade as well. The... <laughs> The day of the trade, uh, Toronto 
played the Pistons, and that really played out where they were short a couple players because they weren't able to add RJ in quickly, I think, in time for this game. And Detroit was able to take advantage of it after a ruthless overtime game against the Boston Celtics. They finally get a victory. It does not go past, what is it, 28, oh 29? I don't even know where it stopped. But it's over. I I, I mentioned it on, on, the, on the podcast last week. I said, Celtics are playing at home. We've been on the road. We played really well on the road. But the Pistons are coming in, and I want to flag it. I want, I want to alert. I want to alert people. I threw out a red alert. And nobody listened, and we went down by 22 points in the first half, and I think we're down 18 at the at the half. But I didn't panic. I made sure to get you, uh, make sure you were uh, aware of it, because uh, it was an all hands on deck situation, and you were able to uh, get the game on. And yeah, we uh, I think like within seven minutes took the lead, and I thought, all right, we're just gonna cruise right past them. But no, it, it was an absolute dogfight. and really could have gone either way down down the stretch, and we were able to pull it out in uh, in overtime. So yeah. <laughs> I, I had, they, they didn't mess around with us. I, I had I had company in town, so it was very much of like, all right, well, I'm not going to prioritize Celtics yeah, Pistons right? today. Like that's just that's we going to fall. Seventeen or whatever point favorite. It's going to fall to the back burner. Even my multi-screen setup at home, that's not even going to make the side screen. It's 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 fine, and it was okay. And then we were down, and then it was kind of like, all right, well, let, let's watch this because one of two things is going to happen: it's either going to be a big deal the Detroit won, or it's going to be a big deal the Detroit lost again. And it was it was very. Very, I was correct. It was very deserving. It was worth it of an ending. Mm-hmm. Goes into overtime. I, I, Bogdanovich had an incredible game. I thought that, I thought he came out as a killer in overtime, and it was really a, a well fought victory for for the Boston Celtics. And I, I I don't know what trade value any of the guys have there, but I imagine winning is going to help encourage whatever they need to happen over there because they got to do something, right? They can't hold on to this team the rest of the the rest of the time. I, I think they have to make a move. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it's a move that they've already made the last couple of years where they take a shot at, like they could trade for RJ essentially. Like they've already done that. The, the struggling draft pick that just needs a new, new team, and maybe that the new scenery is just enough to wake them up. But uh, Detroit's in a bad spot. That, that team's got problems. Uh, any, it's uh, just nice. It's just nice. You know, you had the record, and you will have the record for quite a long time, but you at least get one win. And now, of course, shortly after they lost again. But you're on a one-game losing streak rather than on a 28-game win streak. Now the, uh, the the Hornets, they have the worst losing streak at 11 games. But you, you mentioned the the Celtics. Celtics haven't lost since we uh, we last potted, so they are still uh, cruising. They have they're at OKC tonight, so going against Shea and Chet, that is going to be tough. That is going to be a unique matchup, and so that'll be a, that'll be a good one to watch tonight. Uh, Four-game win streak for the Thunder. They're second in the West. They're a game and a half back on Minnesota. And they're tied with the Denver Nuggets right now, which I believe they hold the tiebreaker, it looks like. So uh, a lot of of NBA stuff. I I can't believe the Clippers are successful, like kind of inarguably. Like I I, I like what they got going on. They've really turned stuff around. And the Pelicans, I know they won the last couple games, but I – I am buying all the Pelican stock and all the Zion stock you want to sell me. I couldn't sell you anymore. I'm, I'm, I, I'm out. Like I, I'm taking it. I'm willing to sell the, the word for my vocabulary. Like That's how much I'm willing to sell on them. I, you ha- have everything. I'll never say the word Pelican again. I'll just remove it. I'll, I'll come <laughs> up with like Big Bird or something else. I'll call it something else. Like I, I, I will eliminate this team is what I'm saying. I don't want anything to do with them. 
there's a move that could be made for that team, and maybe I'll re-entertain it. But the the way the roster is currently constructed, I'm so out on this team. So go ahead, buy it all up because I want no part of it. Grand Theft Alvarado got LeBron James. Put that in the trophy case. Put that right in the Hall of Fame. It's it's more of just a show that everybody's human, right? He could do that. Even LeBron is going to get tricked by that. It's taught napping. Love it. It's really effective. Like he really bends down. He really gets out of the out of the way. He he blends in on the the sideline of the bench. It's it's it's. Do you re- think they're going to make a rule to prevent that? I don't think enough guys can successfully do it so that the rule would ever really need to be enforced. But if other if other teams started doing this, or if there was other players capable of doing it, I I I actually think it would be better to to not do it. But it's so infrequent, and it's also kind of like just his thing that I. I don't mind it. It doesn't seem to be like that much. It's not a tush push advantage. It's not ruining critical moments that just seem like no other team's capable of doing this. Like any other team could do this. They just aren't going to be able to do it. They're not, they don't have a guy as small who's as fast and as you got to have good judgment on it. Right? This is like a, this is like a wild animal hunting out there, right? You, you got to start off slow and then you got to attack quick and it's a straight line. You know, there's no turns. I think there's also a, I don't know what like the word for it is, but like a commitment to the bit where it's, you know, a, a, a star isn't going to do this. Cause you know, it's, it's an embarrassing, it's a grift. It's like a, you know, the cornet contest. It's like, he's fine with doing it and being a little bit goofy, but he thinks, you know, that, that it helps for this. Like he, he thinks that, you know, that it helps. And every once in a while you catch somebody napping, but there's gonna be other times where the guys don't fall for it. And maybe you look a little bit silly. So you have to be willing to commit to it. It can happen to anyone. I, I kind of like that. It's an everyman issue. It's just going to happen to anyone. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Is there any uh, New Year's stuff you wanted to share with the people? Any, anything Anything we got to tell them? Uh, no, I just got some, uh, some two NBA games I think people should be looking out for tomorrow. Bucks at Pacers. Last time they played was Giannis uh, Basketball Gate. So interested to see those. Both those teams didn't seem very happy with each other. Uh, that was after playing the in-season tournament game against each other. So I think that it might be might be a wild game. And then the next one is uh, Clippers at Lakers on Sunday. And like you said, the, uh, the the Clippers are starting to really put things together, and uh, the Lakers still still have it. So interesting. Uh, it's, it's technically a Lakers home game, but those are kind of the two of the, the premier games I, I put on people's uh, radars for this week. And I I I don't know what. Clippers injury is just going to ruin all this momentum. I don't know what something something's going to happen. I just can't imagine this consistency just going on any farther. But it's it's here to it's it's happening. It's working, and it's something to keep an eye on. All right, oh, uh, last thing, last thing. Did you see the Pop Tart uh, Bowl? No. What what sport was that? That was college. It has bowl game. All that right. was that was that was a bowl game, and Pop Tart was the sponsor. And it was a month ago. It came out that they were going to have a Pop Tart mascot, as well as that the trophy would be edible. And it was like premium summer content for us. But you know, it's basketball and football, so you know. Now, now I don't even know if I've even brought, thought I wanted to bring it up. It's like, ah, what are we gonna do with this? But oh yes, they definitely did the actual trophy had two slots like a little toaster slots for a pop tart it's like really that was your whole thing that it was edible it just you put two two pop tarts in it but oh no there was a whole theatrical situation after the game where they brought a toaster of huge 
toaster looking thing out to the middle middle of the field and the toaster mascot went down into the top like he was getting toasted and ritually sacrificed and then on the side it opened up and there was a massive pop tart that came out that the coach pulled off a piece then he was throwing it to his players then all the players went in and uh, ate some uh, on the broadcast one announcer had eaten a lot of pop tarts one announcer had never had one so he tried one for the first time uh, my expectation is next year there are going to be a lot of weird mascots a lot of weird brands tying themselves in it was uh, it, it was very interesting uh, I think it's going to go overboard next year but for this year it was pretty fun alright pop tarts can you eat them cold or do they have to be toasted uh, it depends on the flavor. Really? All right. We're. Yep. Do you have a cold and a hot example, or, or we're just we're gonna uh, leave it at that? Strawberry and s'mores are th- those ones are probably the better ones, uh, untoasted. But for toasted, like uh, cinnamon brown sugar one, uh, need, needs to be toasted. Wow. All right. Would would a trophy size of this like cure any any like is that a fix you you would be interested in? It is a lot of sugar. It's, it's a lot, it's but a, I can see it as you know, it's a as an excitement of all right. Well, we won, and you know you're in college, so you're you're underage, so it's not like you're you're popping champagne or beers. It's just all right, cool. We can eat it like as much as much pop tarts as, as we want because the season's over. All right, we'll celebrate with the pop tart. We're gonna celebrate next Tuesday a college championship of some form, and we'll be back with a whole bunch of Celtics news. Uh, thank you for liking and subscribe. Little column A, little column B, and you can reach Zach on his Twitter, which is. Wicked Z-Man 24. We'll be back next week. Little column A, little column B.